Hey, tell a man pass it, pull up and cross it. I'll bury that sh top corner. I'm a winger on the left, cut right. You can play me on the middle, I'm still top scorer. New studs on my boots, I'm blessed. No shin pads, I'll live in the edge. Got my ballet on the pitch, but the referee's finna pop that chest. Hey, hit a thing with the outside foot, like Roberto Ball in the Yes, yes, people, how's it going? It's your boy Jay. No, this has been certain now. In the pipeline for a while. So I know therefore wanted to do, but never really come round to getting it done. Always been something in the way. Schedule's been packed, or I don't know. There's always been something. That's probably one positive about this whole quarantine thing. You know, it's giving me time, more time than I usually have. So I've been able to go through with this, execute it. So I'm pleased to present you the very first episode of the Footballers Podcast. Round of applause. <laughs> okay, okay. So, as it's the first episode, I do want to get off with a bang. You know, obviously, I ain't for every episode to be good, but the very first one has to be the bang. So, um, got a special guest with me today. You know, if you don't know him, I really do have to question what you're doing on the ground. You've been living under a rock. I don't know. But if you don't know about him before, you're definitely going to know about him now. So, today's guest on the very first episode of the Footballs Podcast, you may have seen us do a lot of collaborations, loads of edits. You know, as I said, this guy's one of the best on the Instagram scene when it comes to video editing. Make way for Galazzo first. Hello, hello. How's it going? Thank you for having me, bro. I'm good, man. Bro, I'm it's good. A pleasure to have you on. <laughs> Yeah, man. Quarantine so, um, that. Trust me, bro. So long. So, wait. Um, do you want me to call you by Golazo first? Or? Um, well, most people know me by Dave, but my real name's David, so that's all right. All right, cool. cool. We'll, we'll run with David today. Cool. So, introduce yourself. Tell people about yourself. Um, I'll leave a link to like all your Instagram, YouTube, stuff like that in the Thank description you. below. Yes, I'm, I'm David, go by Gloss first on Instagram. Basically, I just make football videos. I've got over, well, over 70,000 subscribers, followers now. I've been doing this for about three years on three different accounts. So, yeah, it's just, just making football videos about one every week. Just try to put a creative spin on, obviously, the game we both love. Mm. Yeah, that's about it, really. That's good, that's good. As I said... If you ain't checked them out, be sure to check them out. So, um, as this is the very first episode of the Footballers Podcast, you guys kind of don't know the structure, how it's going to run. I'm going to explain the structure, how we're meant to ideally want to run it. And then um, you should kind of get used to it as future episodes go on and on and on. So, the aim is to do a little debate um, slash rankings in the first part. And then we'll slowly move on to a little general discussion about current events, which technically speaking is a bit of an awkward time for me to do that because there's literally nothing going on in the football world as we speak. Yeah. But, you know, we'll find something. There's always something. Exactly. So, um, and then that's the second part. Then the third part is where I want to get you guys, my followers, um, kind of interactive with this podcast. So... I put on my Instagram story, um, send me your best would you rather's. And today we are going to go through one of them, which I've selected. Um, shout out to that person um, who sent that through. And um, 
yeah, that's the whole structure of it. And yeah, without further ado, let's get on, let's get straight on with it. So let's go. Today's topic will be the top three. Well, who are our top three most underrated players in the Premier League? Yes, I say this season. We'll run with this season, but kind of in recent time. But like, kind of yeah. this season, yeah. So, as you're the guest, I'm gonna let you take it away. Well, what we'll do is we'll both say our top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, run from third to first. So uh, from yeah. third to first. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I had, uh, let's say, uh, a weird time doing this only because. I know that there's a bit of contention, like obviously ratings and stuff in football, is so mm-hmm. controversial. So these are my opinions, assuming that I don't think that they're rated as rated them. as they should be. Yeah. yeah. So the three I've gone with are starting from last. I'll go with Pogba. Okay. Um, followed by. Ooh, Followed by Pereira, the left back at Leicester. And top, I will go with. I don't know if you've chosen this one, but I'm going to go with Lira Sane. Okay, okay. People know that's one of my favourite boys. Yeah. I'm back here on that one. So, um, yeah, just to kind of explain your decisions, really. So, with Pogba, it's obviously. As an Arsenal fan, we're both Arsenal fans. It's easy to m- make a joke and like he's a hundred million down the drain and all mm. that type of stuff. But on, I think we can all agree that he's one of the worst. Like at the time, it was obviously a controversial move. But if there was anyone to spend a hundred million pounds on, it would be probably Paul Pogba. Definitely. Obviously. Exactly. Exactly, and he's he's one of them players that I just consider like doesn't play to their age so mm. he's obviously about 20 i think he's 26 now yeah. but at the time he was like 24 and he was practically running european midfields mm. so he's come to united and the issue with players nowadays is that they kind of get too associated to the teams that they play for yeah. so i was like the example i can think of is abamian like, abamian's the world a world-class striker like he's second top scorer top scorer last season but he plays for Arsenal who are going through like, a tough time so it's yeah. kind of hard to differentiate that between the players but for Pogba it's kind of because he's come with the expectation of being £100 million he's like the, talis- the ten- talisman he's on paper the most talented player I think he's given too much criticism and expectations which is then and then therefore United not being as good as they should have it's kind of turned to him being yeah. disrespected and then in turn it's, underrated it's kind of weird with Pogba because it's like I kind of I kind of do see where people are coming from from one since like I'm not going to go around and say he's the most consistent player exactly he, he does have his inconsistencies but I don't really feel like if you look at because obviously he came in 2016 we're in 2020 it's been four years and that four year span I don't really feel like United have really kind of built a team around him or at least built some team towards his level or exactly. his aspirations and stuff like that. And it's like, I kind of don't think United kind of knew what they were buying with Pogba as well. I feel like they just mm. bought for the romance and stuff like for that. For the name as well. Exactly. Like, this, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but he's a luxury player. Like, 100%. He's not someone, that. Yeah, like, he's not someone who will like, 
like uh, Gerard, who will just carry your team. But like, yeah. if you've got an eight out of ten team, he will definitely make it a ten out of ten, kind of like Özil. Yeah, exactly. People don't and really expect that. One hundred percent. The example I would say with that is the French team. Mm. For example, um, they have Matuidi, um, Kante. Like they have, they have one of the best midfields in, in the world. Obviously, world champions. Definitely. But he still stood out, and he was clicking with playing with Giroud and Mbappe, com- combining the def- Griezmann, combining with the defense. Like these big, like he's still like he's really well recognized. Exactly, he did his thing, and he, he, I, that World Cup, the way he was playing, I think a lot of players have or have this or even see this. He, it was like um, this is what I can do. That mm. like, ordered like United. I think so that season I forgot where they had finished but it wasn't the most it wasn't obviously the most glamorous season and it kind of felt as if it was like where where what's his next move type of thing like is he gonna is he gonna push on is, mm. is the whole system gonna change and are they gonna buy players and all that stuff and this tournament kind of showed how important he is or how important he can be to a team that I don't want to say play to his strengths because I have a problem with playing to his strengths only because I still think it's a team of 11 and it's unfair to make the rest of them 10 players play for one player. Yeah, yeah. But if you kind of recognise what position he can play, do you know what I mean? Like, definitely, definitely. At United, he's been put at centre attacking mid, defensive standard, mid. defensive mid, standard box to box. And it's kind of like, what do you what do you want from him? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No. It's kind of like filling filling gaps. Yeah, definitely agree with you on that one. Like, definitely top player on his day has mm. been a bit inconsistent, but just, he's a bit too over criticised when you really look at it. Like, mm, should exactly. definitely always be the talking points. And then on a separate one, you you always see like in the midst of the criticism, it's like talking about his his I don't know Instagram hairstyle lifestyles yeah. like. Yeah. Just seems a bit too much like a forced agenda, like kind of veers yeah. away from his football ability and onto other stuff. When, the, when I hear stuff like that, it's just you just lock it off, like you don't yeah. Even, like what are you talking about? And you can even you can you, I think through that you can sense that realistically there's not much basis to the football inside of their point. Definitely. And I have uh, exa- the th- the thing is. Pogba and Ozil, I think they're just so com- so comparable in terms of the way that they're viewed by their team. Literally, literally. So I hate to keep bringing them up, but the thing with Ozil's wages and stuff like that, mm. that's the most... He's not really... On his Instagram, he's a bit, a bit humanitarian. Like he's, he has a good PR team, whatever. Yeah. But it goes back to his wages. And then you're thinking, he didn't walk into that boardroom and say... Or he didn't walk into that boardroom and give himself three hundred fifty thousand pounds, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's been it's been given to him and he has to deal with that on a on a daily basis. So he can only do what he can on the pitch. Bro, and I've never kind of understood the wages argument. That yeah. it, that's like the main argument that's always thrown in. I was thinking like alright, cool, you know, in the last two years, there's been loads of circumstances, loads of factors, but he hasn't been towards his previous level. We can not admit yeah. that, but why do you keep referring to the wages? He didn't, like, it's not in his hands, it's the club's hand. If there's exactly. anyone to be angry at, be angry at. I think it was Gazidis at the time, he was doing that, all that kind of stuff. 
yeah, yeah, that, yeah, the whole wages thing is a point in itself. I don't want to digress too much, but yeah, yeah. it was basically him or Alexis. Exactly. And and Ozil, the, re- the reason why, a bit contentious, but he wanted to stay. So they he was the most likely to out. convince. Yeah. Exactly. Because I was looking, I look at the wage sometimes, and it is, it was, obviously it bears weight somehow, because like, obviously I'm not personally play, paying the whole time but I feel you do feel a connection mm. and the fact that he's on like clear with everyone else I think Aubameyang and those guys are on mm. high high hundred thousands it kind of does set a hierarchy yeah. and it's like you are much better but in re- in terms you can just think of like you have to think of it's a bit wishy-washy but like the commercial value that they bring and the brand Therefore. that he is and stuff like that like they can afford they're not they're, they're not breaking the bank to pay in that. Mm. That's how I always think of it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah no, therefore, I agree with the Pope Um yeah. So, yeah, we'll move on to uh, number two. Number two, I'll go with Ricardo Pereira, wing back at Leicester. Yeah. Now, I'm not... that one. This one's a bit contentious because I don't... I think the past couple of months he's been getting the respect that he deserves. Mm. So he came from the Portuguese league... Not hundred percent sure which team, but he has been like. I think with defenders, I have like different ways of rating defenders. So, attackers and strikers, it's like, have I noticed you? Have you made an impact on the game? Yeah. And it's kind of like, I know that so and so is playing this game. Midfielders is a bit, it's a bit different. But with defenders, I always think it's like the ones who don't get mentioned because that probably means they're doing they're doing their job and they haven't stood out necessarily because of the mistakes that they've made therefore I, I think someone has, someone more famous than me has said that but yeah I mean so even with him, as a fullback like nowadays in a modern game that's yeah. probably the hardest position to do and it's been re- it's been it's been reinvented but at such uh, such like a high a high level because mm. we went from a time where the only fullback you would think of with like Danny Alves and Philip Lahm. Yeah. But now there's, there's, I don't want to say millions, but there's like a good, good 20 players and he is definitely up there in terms of the league, high up there in the, ta- the number of tackles, he still contributes goals, in Arguably, good crosses. Like in the team of the season, this season. Exactly, 100%, exactly. He's like keeping that Leicester clock going, like they, yeah. it seems like clockwork with them. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, no, that's because it's like, I mean, Trent does get like the credit he deserves. Because I feel like, I mean, I to be honest, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if I'm just kind of viewing this just from Twitter because you can't really take every opinion you see on Twitter seriously. Yeah, but, I mean, nowadays Trent has been kind of underrated because I yeah. feel I still I'd... feel like he is like the best right back in the league. 100%. I don't want to bring that up because I think that's a bit... Yeah, it's a bit... It's a bit of a hard one, yeah, because there are people who definitely rate him, so it's like... Because yeah. the, thing, the thing with the evolving wing-back position is then what is your role, per se? Like, what is their... What's the attribute that they have that is most important? So the argument with Trent and probably Basaka, maybe, for example, mm. is that Basaka is clearly like a better physically a better defender exactly 
Whereas Trent is way more creative. Obviously, there's the whole meme of crossing inshallah, but mm. I still think that there is still like a certain knack to the attacking side of a, being a fullback. Yeah. Even just think this sounds a bit silly, but things like being able to attack but not leaving your position so wide open. Literally. I remember, I think, I think it was. Um, better enough than you used to think or Maitland now Maitland now is he came in obviously as a midfielder so he was always attacking but there was there would be stages where he's attack he's gone and attacked we lose the ball mm. and suddenly there's just a massive gap and you know Arsenal with them tricky wingers a winger would have like a field day against these guys and it's not because they're it's not because that they're miles better it's because the spaces that they would give up yeah so yeah so I think the ability to go back and forth throughout the game. Exactly. Yeah. And I think um, Pereira, going back to him, he's a good example of the balance between attack and defence. Mm. I wouldn't say he's the... Oh, I don't know. He's a good balance. I wouldn't say he's the... Like, you look at yeah. your Aaron Wan-Bissakers and credit to him, great defensively, yeah. but maybe going forward, there's a lot of... Not a lot, but definitely work to be done. Exactly. Trend, and it's obviously that thing, yeah. sorry before you, it's obviously that thing, we're not saying that Basaka hasn't put in a cross and we've scored. I remember mm. that he's put in plenty of crosses, but it's kind of to the to standard the of the other person we're mentioning. Yeah. yeah. So. And then you've got like um, Trent, who, again, I feel like defensively, I feel like he gets a bit of a hard time. I don't think he's mm. just awful if people make out defensively. But yeah. comparing defensively to Wan Basaka, Wan is yeah. better. And like, you've got your Pereiras, who just has great balance of both of them exactly okay now nah, i do i do agree with that one because as i said he deserves some team in the series and shouts and you don't really see his name in the discussion at least that often so i yeah. can agree with that one so number one number one is mr leroy sane now yeah i was speaking to my friend on instagram about this and just seeing the thing the um, like the transfer talk about him going to Bayern mm. terrible injury that he had and kind of just like the talent that Man City have in itself in terms of wingers and I think that Leroy Sané is given a hard time in terms of in general really I think he's pretty underrated completely I don't, even by Pep yeah, exactly. That was that was where I was going to start. So I was going to start with Pep Guardiola. Now people could bring up numbers and things like this, and it's hard because he's played so lim- such limited games. I think in the twenty-one starts he's had, I think last season he only got around ten goals. I say only ten goals, but this is obviously compared to some of the others. But he is like a bit part player. And obviously Man City have the likes of Sterling, Mares, Bernardo Silva. Mm. So juggling that talent is almost unfair in itself. But I still think for some for obviously they can afford to spend money on crazy amounts of players. But going back to his Schalke days as well, the fact that he was at such a young age making headlines, like scoring in the in the Bernabeu, yeah. doing when Schalke were back in the Champions League, like even even domestically in the league, they obviously didn't win, but they were like doing their thing. And the fact he stood out, I think he got Germany call ups from quite young as well. Yeah, yeah. 
but he was balling from time. Exactly, and he's only he's st- I say only twenty four. He's still twenty four, so I hope that he does make the right decision in his career and go to a team where he will be valued mm-hmm. to therefore then show a skill. So one thing I would agree with is that he's not he's not shown um, statistically. I would say the things that he can do, mm. but an example I can think of is the Liverpool games. Last, I think last season or the season before, he played against them like five times, including the league. One of the times in the Champions League, fair enough, he did get quite um, quieted by Alexander Arnold. But I think Champions League, Liverpool is a bit different. But in the league, I think he scored in every single appearance, twice at home, away, and in the one, yeah, in the way in the home game that they had beaten Liverpool. Oh. You know the one where he scored, I think it was the second goal? Yeah, Yeah, no, like his record against Liverpool is amazing. I thought his record against the big sides is quite underrated. He scored against Arsenal, United. he scored against Arsenal at home, away, United. He's but done like, like his thing. Yeah, Liverpool, I think he scored in the 5-0 win. I think he scored twice. Yeah. He scored yeah, like one yeah. tapping at the near post, then that, that banger in the last minute. Yeah. Then um, he scored in the loss in the Champions League. He equalised mm. it, then Liverpool ran away with it. Yeah. Um, he won the penalty in a nil-nil yeah. draw. Obviously, Mahrez blazed it over. Obviously, he scored God the key in his goal. Hands. <laughs> Literally, man. He, he yeah. took the penalty. He had his chest up thinking, boom, like, this yeah. is my penalty. I'm going to have my name relaxed. <laughs> Even Mahrez could be on this list, but... Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> he was... Camera. I was going to put him, but... We'll, we'll, we'll come across my list when it comes around. Yeah. But, like... Leroy Sane, I feel like Stefan Ray. I don't know if it's just like me getting excited because you know he's one of my favorite players. But yeah, when he was I, having that breakup season, seventeen eighteen, when yeah. Pep won his first league title, mm. I did think he could touch Mbappe's level. Like he could at I'm one sorry. point, if he reaches his potential, goes to Madrid or properly makes his name in the Premier League, he could mm. be. At our third best player in the world, maybe when Ronaldo and Messi retire, could fight for that top spot. Exactly. You know, he's one of the best dribblers, one of the best long shots, skillful, quickest, skillful. Like he's got everything you need in the wing. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, no, I, I do feel like he's underrated because people just forgotten all about him. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think he has been. I don't want to say played by injuries because. Honestly, I don't actually remember the injuries that he had before. He just wasn't getting played. I remember watching games and Pep would bring him on in like the last five or ten minutes. Never made sense. And obviously, these guys, were, they were winning the league. Like, I'm not, but I'm not saying that Sane was like missing or whatever, but it was still a bit of an unfair run out. The one, the one I did think was controversial, I didn't, he didn't go to the World Cup, isn't that? Oh, yeah. That was, that was when I thought Maybe, and that didn't even man. make sense because that was after arguably his greatest ever season. Yeah, he won Young Player of the Year. Only missed out on Player of the Year because of Salah. He just is that season. Like it, it does. It goes without saying. He broke records. Yeah, like, incredible. So you're not going to beat Salah, but he won Young Player of the Year, and he still didn't go to the World Cup. I just that made no sense to me. I think that was when that was when I realized that he's like obviously Yakim Low in himself. He has he makes. Bold and strange decisions, decisions, but that one I thought was but it's pretty like, bad. He, he left them because he was even 
And he was doing hurt. well in That's the qualifiers. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. And then even then, after the whole World Cup happened, you know, Germany bottled it. So kind mm. of further proves the point. Well, exactly. They started playing him. And guess who's coming up with the key goals? Obviously, Gnabry's doing his thing. But yeah. Leroy Sane is still banging in the goals as well. It's them two on each wing. Killing it. So if this deal to Bayern goes through, I hope, I do hope for his sake it's not a, just a glamorous move. Mm. But if him and Nabri can get going, could be something. Bayern, it could be serious. It could be very but serious. If he does go to Bayern Munich, I mean, this is just like random. Not, not really random, but it's just like Alfonso Davis will definitely be a left back for the rest of his career. Yeah. Because obviously he did yeah. start out as a winger and that is his side, so it's like. If Sane does come, I don't see a future for Davis as a winger. But I, I think, feel like he's done bits of left back anyway. Yeah, exactly. I think he has, not. I don't want to say sadly, but he had done well. And he he's obviously following in the steps of them attacking wingers, like his assist versus Yeah, you could Chelsea. say. I don't, know if, I don't really know what he wants to do in the future, but if he yeah. wanted to be a winger, he's kind of fallen victim to his own success. Yeah, exactly. Like Saka, he's done bits at left back for us, but yeah. ultimately speaking, I don't really know if he really wants to be there. He's obviously just filling in. Because yeah. when you're younger, you just go wherever the manager sends you. So, team yeah, ma- team player, yeah. First team time. First team time. Mm. Okay, yeah. I do agree with a lot of your top three, especially Sonia. Yeah. Um, so I might as well get into my top three. So, yeah. my top three underrated players in the Premier League will go from third to first. Etienne Capoue of mm. Watford. Mm. Mohamed Salah in second place. Mm. And Emiliano Buendia at yes. top. Yes, yes, yes. So we go with that one. Yeah. Therefore, Hachi, I've been screaming his name all season. Yeah. He needs that he needs the plaudits. So um I guess you could say Salah is my kind of controversial one when it comes mm. to whether he's rated, whether he's not. But we'll delve into that one when we get into it. So, number three, Etienne Kapuri. I just feel like he's been underrated, not just this season, mm. past three seasons. He's been so solid for Watford in that kind of defensive misspot. And obviously, he's in the pairing with Dukuri. Yeah. And them two as a pairing, again, that's an underrated pairing overall. When it comes to people talking about Watford's midfield, everyone's always talking about the curate. And rightly so, because he's still yeah. doing bits and yeah. he's getting the credit he deserves. But mm. a lot of his success wouldn't be as high as it is without a team computer always there to do the dirty work, clean yeah. up. And then it allows players like the curate to roam forward a bit more often and, you know, do his thing with progress mm. on the ball. So, yeah, no, I just feel like Etienne Kapuri just doesn't get the credit he deserves like, when it comes to, like, we're talking about the top DMs in the league. Yeah. 31 years old right now, I still say you can get into most teams in the top... Um, I wouldn't say most, because I feel like Fernandinho is still top tier. Mm. you got Fabinho, again, he's still top tier. Yeah. Although he did get injured. He could have a shout on Arsenal side, I mean, because the thing about it is, Torreira, on his game, or let's just say last season when he was on form, it's hard to put Kapure over him. Mm. But 
I wrote Dan Torreira on my on my underrated list. I was going to yeah. mention him. But yeah, I can agree with Torreira. You know, mm. his name got kind of tarnished under the whole Emery saga. But yeah. less said about that man, the better. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, no, Etienne Kupi is just underrated. Underrated is the perfect word for him. Definitely agree, and I think he was a victim of he was obviously at Spurs, mm. and when you go from obviously hate to admit Tottenham are at, at the time they weren't hitting the heights that they are now mm. but going from Tottenham to then go to Watford and it's, it's a downgrade Watford in itself yeah Watford in itself will always have that they're not one of the top teams in the league I think it's fair to say and then yeah. going through their records and then you then you thinking of who were the defenders in this in these teams? I, I don't remember. Okay, other than the cup final, I don't. They obviously got to the FA Cup final, which was great last season. Mm. But I I don't think I, I never really look at Watford as a defensively weak team, and I think it is due to these those two doing their nothing yeah. in the midfield because they've had amazing defenders over the years. Mm. Like all that. He just needs a bit more credit. As you said, yeah. Joe Spurs at an awkward time. Yeah. Um, he was one of the bigger signings. Yeah. Like, fee-wise, he was in the mid-20s, I believe, if I remember right. So, he kind mm-hmm. of expected something from him. Didn't really work out. But kudos to him, you know. He, get, he revived his career, made his name again at Watford. And, um, yeah, just feel like he deserves a bit more credit than he gets. Yeah. And, um, currently... Alright, second, Mohamed Salah. That's the arguably controversial one, but mm. I always fight his case and I still will fight his case because it's like everyone's just using him as a um, diving merchant, tapping mm. merchant, all this. Yeah. And it's like, your disrespect, like, I even put him in my Premier League team of the decade for wow. the last decade just gone. And it's like, loads of people got onto me and I'm thinking, this is a man who's won back-to-back golden boots. Mm. Some of your favourite strikers couldn't even do that. 100%. 32 goals in a Premier League season, if you put that into perspective. No yeah. other player's done that. Yeah. I think only Alan Shearer and Andy Cole done that. But they've done it on a, when it used to be 42 games. Yeah. So, obviously, it's an unfair vulnerable. So More games. Exactly. And these, this was a transitional Liverpool as well. Yeah. They were obviously under Klopp at the time, but he was brought in as he was brought in as a what? Why are you signing Salah from Roma? He flopped in at Chelsea a couple of years ago, mm. and the fact that I think it's that season for me. Yeah, the fact that he hit the ground running. Obviously, he had been in the Premier League. To be fair to him, and I don't think he was a flop per se. I don't think he was for people. I just feel like. He wasn't given enough of a chance. That like, time at Chelsea, if players like De Bruyne and Lukaku and all them guys, it's, even unfair, it's unfair to call. Exactly, it's unfair oh, to give yeah. these guys. Yeah, that, that, that Chelsea side was just that. You know, it's unfair you look, to give these guys. Flop you look players. at their youth at the time; they couldn't even get in. They had loads of players out on loan. Like as yeah. a whole squad, it was just stacked. And Mourinho, um, Conte. Well, I think he was sold by the time Conte came, but definitely mm. Mourinho and. Um, is he there for Benitez? No, I think his whole career was under Mourinho at Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mourinho just had his favourites. He had his kind of winning formula, winning squad. Mm. He had his place to bring off the bench and Salah just didn't fit into it. I wouldn't yeah. really call him a flop because he didn't play enough for you to say he's a flop. Just never give yeah. him a chance. But um, yeah, I just feel like this, the disrespect on Mohamed Salah's name, yeah. people need to cut it out because it's like, yeah. even this season, I mean, he's still putting out numbers. Definitely. Like, I haven't checked it, but I'm pretty sure it's on, he's on more than 10 goals. Chance, I think yeah. top scorer on, right now is Aubameyang on 17, I want to say. Yeah, Vardy's, that. Got, Vardy's got 19, and then Aubameyang's got 17. Salah's got 16, one behind. 16? Point proven. Yeah. You know, you give give Salah a good game out. I don't know, Watford, West Ham, get a couple more. He could have gone for a third golden boot in a row. Only Thierry on Reese ever done that. Like, and it's like, people just, just, I don't really know where it's come from because I don't know about you, but me personally, I remember Mohamed Salah's, in his first season, everyone loved him. Yeah, he, that was the thing. I think it was a weird change because I'm not going to lie, I wasn't, when he signed, I, I wasn't going to, I wasn't saying, wow, look at, look at these guys, he's going to be amazing. Obviously, I just didn't really have mm. an opinion, but, I think when a player commands your respect, like this guy was hit the, the whole point of hitting the ground running. Remember mm. that goal he scored against Arsenal and that sad one of the, one of the many sad losses. He scored away Arsenal. He scored against every single big team. He's Literally. performed at every single big game, and I think these like those are the fixtures where it's like you have to show up and. Stand up and be counted, the, the phrase goes. And I think key performances I can remember, one, the anniversary of which is coming up, is the one against Roma. Oh, and incredible. One of the best, like, individual performances by in, in, one, in the Champions League. I league. think that was when he was at the literal peak of his powers. Mm. Like, I remember mm. he couldn't be stopped in be stopped, that, 100%. that period. Like, every shot he took from outside of. Even, I mean, his postcard goal gets a lot of stick, and yeah. maybe there was a better goal that season. I think I can't remember what who scored it, but there was one goal in the Brazilian league that was yeah. nuts. That probably should have won it. But people underrate the goal he scored against Everton. Yeah. That won the postcards. Like he had to hold off another man, couple um, dribbles inside out, and inside the box from an acute angle, yeah. still managed to curl it into the top. That was a mad goal. Crazy, bro. Coming um, off the left, that's that was the thing I wanted to mention. He's not, he's not your obviously Bamian played on the left, but he's not your Aguero. He's not your Bamian when he plays at striker. Like he, at heart, I still think of him as a winger. Mm. Obviously, Liverpool's their attack is not. He's an most, inside forward slash winger, but yeah, still it's not the most. It's, yeah, it's not the most traditional, but he's yeah, he's on the left. Do you know what I mean? Like he's going, he's not, he's not a number nine. Mm, and like and one part of his goal He's still putting up numbers and just being part of that Liverpool attack and still obviously Mane is now getting the respect that I think he deserves but he's still like the Mane solid debate is so like fierce mm, and yeah, the, I, I and do feel like he's still doing that is, I don't know yeah. I feel like he is still the more important player than Marnie, you know, credit to Marnie, he's still yeah. doing his thing and everything, but that's another, like, kind of way that people are underrated Marnie Salah when 
I don't mean in a disrespectful way, but I don't feel like Sadio Mane is the better player of them two. Mm. You know, he's still Salah's still important for them. As you said, he scored against all the big sides, yeah. scored against Chelsea, scored against us, Arsenal. Um, I just I don't think has he scored against. No, he has scored against Man City in the Champions League. Yeah, he's going to um, say, I don't think he scored against United. Yeah, scored against. No, yeah, scored. He scored against United that time in the last minute. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was his first goal against United. But you take them off, Tottenham done it in the oh, Champions yeah, yeah, League yeah. final. Things like that, like the speed that he still has, and the strength, and just the composure. His strength, his strength is so underrated. Yeah. Like when people say he goes down like um, I don't know, flies or something lightweight. Yeah. It's like. Have you actually seen him play or are you just running what people say on Twitter? I think the thing with diving is so... It is such a... Diving has now become a different... now become a part of football in a way that... I think that internally in clubs... And Mm -hmm. with VAR and the referees not being the highest standard... I still think it's it's being coached into them. Mm. And obviously... I'm not professional football, but I still think there's a bit of like, if you feel contact, you're going to assume that it's probably a, like you may as well take because if you stay on your feet, the thing the thing that surprised me is when remember when he got pulled back by David Luiz and he still yeah. technically stood up and it was kind of like, oh, what was going on? I think things like that just show that there's much more to dive in than than is made out to be. And Definitely. I think it's unfair to brandish a player a diver per se mm. because obviously the strength that these footballers and those guys in particular possess but it's also much more I think sadly I think it's a bit more tactical it's tactical and then like I don't I can't name a player right off the top of my head but being someone who has played football like hard to explain what you kind of interpret an action that's coming in yeah, if someone's coming for a tackle, it's like you're going to try and move out of the way, mm. but you're still going to try and keep up with the play. In yeah. in the process, it might look like you are falling over, but that's just you trying to adjust and adapt to the current situation you're in. Yeah, so, and the speed of the Premier League. Like, like there's so much factors. It's a bit... Bit too harsh on the fear to just label someone straight diver. And then to then to then bring, like you were saying, to then bring down their quote unquote rating, like their value to a team and their skill is a bit. I think that's wrong. Yeah. So um. Yeah. Mohamed Salah definitely takes the second. Mm-hmm. And in first place, you got Emiliano uh, Emiliano Buendia, yes. Argentinian wide forward. You could say mm-hmm. sometimes plays central. Norwich City yeah. I mean with all this coronavirus thing, we don't actually know when they will get relegated but they were on course to getting relegated and sadly yes they started off well but yeah started off, definitely started off well and you're thinking boom like you beat Man City put up a good fight against Tottenham uh, beat us mm. and you're thinking yeah this Norwich team looks serious they've got a nice style of play philosophy good players across the pitch but I don't even know what's happened but they've just fallen off like differently and I think so with them, it was a bit of championship quality as well. Yeah, things like that. No no offence to any of the players, but in terms of like going away to like a 
conquering a, a stadium, but I'm just going to give the um, example of the Emirates. Mm. Much different to playing at Car Road, and still, yeah. still. I mean, still, I've never been Car Road, but I heard the atmosphere down is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember but, when we played. We played against Norwich 2015 when they were in the league. I remember two of our players were injured and we struggled. Like, I've also a bit of a different kettle fish, but Carroll Road was a was a place. Even Liverpool had tough times against Norwich. Obviously, they they would end up winning. But yeah, that was the first game, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, definitely. I feel like Wendy is being probably the most underrated player this season. 100%. His creative numbers, take ons, um, chances created, dribbles through the roof. Like literally. He's within top three of all of those those stuff that you need for your type of players. Mm. And guess none. I would. I don't know. I just thought he doesn't get any. I don't see his name in any discussion. You see your Madisons, you see your Greenishes. And again, when I name these players, I don't mean it in a disrespectful way. They're getting the credit they deserve. Yeah, they deserve it. But 100%. he also needs that credit that they're getting as well. Yeah. You know? it's, been, it's been amongst the the upper echelons as they say and Therefore. it would be a pleasure to have that have that Emirates but I think when they get relegated you can just tell that or you hope we're, that he'll be we can hope up. but we're Arsenal when we're not that proactive we don't have we don't use our initiative like that, yeah I, That's I wonder who I wonder who will I wonder who will I really do because whoever gets him you're getting a bargain Exactly, because, um, yeah, it's just like, I think yeah, talent, go down. talent in the Premier League as well, to perform at, he's, I wouldn't say he's carrying the team, but to perform for a bad team creatively, mm. I think it's very, it's, it says a lot about a player. Yeah, I say it's one downfall, if I remember right, he only has one goal to his name in the Premier League. Yeah. So, maybe his end product could get, could de- no, it's not even good. One goal, you could definitely work more on that and get a bit more. But I feel I think, like that's something that will come within time. I think that's what helps with getting your name out as well in terms of being underrated. Yeah, like, let's say he didn't put up his creative numbers. They were just average numbers, but he had nine goals to his name. Yeah. People will probably talk about him a lot more than 100%. He. But then even that, even that, he still is within like top three assisters or mm. up there. So... He's got that kind of side of things nailed on, end product wise. Yeah. So, yeah, like he just he needs a lot more credit. And obviously, once this is all done, once the football resumes and Norwich do get relegated, he will definitely go for a cut price, cut mm. fee. Because obviously, when players get relegated, they go a lot cheaper for some reason. Yeah, sadly, but just cashing in, isn't it? Yeah. So it's like. I've seen Liverpool's name get forked about, but it's not too much. I've seen Cantwell get linked to Liverpool more. So, it is interesting who will end up signing. Cause, and it's like one of those things where they won't notice him now, but if he was to sign for Liverpool, Arsenal, United, Tottenham, 100%. then replicate those performances again, people then start to talk about him. Yeah. So, you know, people need to put some respect on Emiliano Buendia's name. Some respect on his name, because... Okay. So that's both for rankings top three words. Be sure to I don't know, do they do comments on any of these stuff? Um I guess you could comment our comments. Yeah, just, maybe. yeah I guess just leave your thoughts, I guess. Yeah. 
whatever happens. Um, DM us. I'll probably make yeah, so I'll be here to the bit. Cool. Cool. So um moving on to the next part of the of the segment, or the next segment of the show, shall I say. Uh, when we just kind of discuss current events and there will be one topic, I guess this topic has to be um, just the coronavirus situation, yeah. what you think should happen going forward. Um, yeah, as a heads up, in this kind of heads up for the viewers, should I say, mm. this kind of segment is like, obviously I would like to be talking about current events, but obviously there's no football. So you can't really discuss them. I, if I was to name an example, if you remember the Jaco situation the other day with the captain C, that yeah. would be something we discuss in this part or stuff like that. But obviously, nothing to discuss other than coronavirus, COVID nineteen, all mm-hmm. of that. So, um, what do you kind of think should happen for the season? Uh, do you think she avoided carry on? I think my opinions on this almost changed by the day. I was obviously situation you could say becomes clearer or develops or whatever whatever happens and you see like think of like a timeline of the 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 league saying oh we'll be back by april and stuff like this and just like the number i think the severity of it has been because i don't want to come on too much i'm not obviously a health professional at all i don't want to come on too much of like a health side of it yeah but i think that i'm like the unpredictability and the unlike the way we can't forecast it you could say abnormal rate of it makes it very hard to plan for the future and things like leagues and football and the amount of money is involved structure and planning is so important to obviously keep profits high and save so much money involved in all of this and as well the health of these players because the players themselves However, you want to look at it. These guys are like walk is walking money really for these guys. Like they're, I don't say products. I don't know how to say it in a in a nicer way, but they're like they need to be at the best that they can be. And obviously, they're humans as well, so they can't be ashamed for them to get ill, give it to their families, and obviously the stuff like that. So mm. I think it goes protecting the health of the players. Obviously, the fans as well. The fact that there's that like tens of thousands of people all in the same place. Yeah, I mean, it's bizarre to think that like about a couple of days before the lockdown was officially done, Anfield was packed. Anfield was packed. And that is crazy. Anfield, Anfield was packed, and then across the across the channel in Paris, technically the stadium was empty, but they were all just outside, like in a more probably condensed, much unsafe or like way more people. And it's that thing of not being able to kind of... I don't think many people have been able to fathom how crazy this is because you mm-hmm. like the comparisons to the flu and all this stuff like that. And the numbers are pretty deceptive. So yeah. it doesn't properly give the clear picture. Yeah, so, I, mean, I, would, uh, I haven't really done too much research on the whole coronavirus thing. Yeah. So um, anything I do say... I ain't no expert, so yeah. don't come at me. Don't hold us to I'm it. I'm just, exactly, man. We, we're just normal people. Just, we, we keep up with you. Yeah. Because it's like, you got to have some form of understanding about what's going on. 100%. It's affecting your daily life and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but, I don't know, me personally, like, 
I feel like the season kind of has to be voided. Mm. And I know it's so unfortunate on Liverpool's side. Like, it's you can't write this shit. Like, yeah. they've won 30 years without a league title, never won a Premier League. They came close um, 2008-9, but Makeda obviously scored that iconic goal, which ended up. Then, obviously, the Gerard slip, the bottle at um, Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace ball, as people <laughs> like to run with, you know. So, they lost it there. They lost it last season when they had a points tally of 97. Put that into perspective, that is the third highest, no, yeah, third highest ever, mm. only to lose to the second highest ever. Then, obviously, the previous that was 100 points. Yeah. Like, 97 points is 18 points more than United's trouble when inside, you know, Crazy. Uh, about 16 more than Leicester's one. Like, 97 points would normally win it any other season. <laughs> way more than RB and one. Way more. Well, yeah, no, well, uh, RB and one still got into the 90s, so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll crawl into that. Well, respect um, on that. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So it's like, so for them, for the season to this season to get voided when they're uh, 25 points clear, am I right? 22, Something I like 22, 20, in the 20s. Like, yeah. to be that much clear is insane. Two games away. I know it seems like a whole big joke, like, boom, we're just going to end the season now. Mm. But I don't see a, a explanation for it, really. Like, when I say that, I mean, like, we could carry on the season, but for you to carry on the season, it will have its prolonged effects. Yeah. So stuff like the Euros would then have to be prolonged. Mm. Then the future World Cup would then have to get prolonged. Mm. Future seasons might have to get prolonged because we don't know when this coronavirus thing will stop, but it could stop our awkward time. Mm. All, so All the cup competitions think, as well. Exactly. I feel like by avoiding the season, you're just ending it like that. And um, like at least there's no further effects. Because you can carry on the season, we can force this through and make sure Liverpool get their first league title. But that could leave a dominoes effect, you know, for everything close in the future. Yeah. You know, this whole coronavirus thing, we're, we're in it, it's happening. But I just want it to be over and done with. 100%. If we, if we try and continue the season, this whole situation, technically speaking, will just never end. Yeah. It will just be ongoing forever. So, I don't know. I mean... It's a subjective discussion, you know, there's no right answer, no wrong answer, everyone's down to their opinion, but me personally, I would void the season for that. I mean, if you're Liverpool fans, I get it, you would be pissed, but, you know, your team's sick, you're, you're, you're still good, yeah. you just go through the next season. <laughs> That's the one positive I can say about this, like, we're not, uh. we're not ending the season and taking away all your borders, like, you, you still got players, Yeah, you can... When the season of football comes back, like you can do it all over again. <laughs> yeah. No, I I wanna agree with you and it obviously sounds nice, like even think little things like I think it's like if City still then get banned from Europe, we finished fifth the year before, so we would go into Champions League and just like silly mm. things like that. But I think logistically I just don't think, like, I don't think it can work. I yeah, don't think, because the thing is, I mean, then how how yeah. does like, I, I do want to look at it from like the whole perspective, like how does um, 
Champions League. How does Champions League Europa. work? Relegation Even. as well. Because exactly. what are the chances that I think it's Aston Villa have a game in, or one of the teams have a game in hand? Like what are the what are the like you couldn't you couldn't write that. Obviously we had our yeah. game in hand against City within the major difference, but I mean, technically speaking, well, we could have won we, that game. We could have won the game. We could Blah. we could have got momentum into Brighton away next week. It's That's look it's just things like that. I just think it's a bit I hear what you're saying, but I don't I don't think they can afford to just stop it. But I mean Do you know what I mean? Proud. They have vowed that they will continue the season. Yeah. What do you say? So. The thing is, I don't want people to think that the Premier League are... I don't, I don't want to use the money as like a an evil side to it, but I think these guys are more money-minded, mm. which is, I think, is going to get dangerous because things like... Yeah. Yeah, see, these are, they're not... They don't have much basis for things like, yeah, we'll, we'll put them all in a, in a hotel... For two weeks and just a season in a month, perhaps. Yeah, in in well. St George's Park. Like, obviously, I would love that. I would love if they. I don't necessarily care what stadium they play, but just like a Premier League game every other day, or every that'd day, that'd be great. Like, Basically like a World Cup Premier League. One hundred percent, that'd be crazy. But they'd like how? Literally, how would that? How would that work? Like, how can they get twenty two twenty two man squads times twenty two teams to all just leave? Stay safe and no one catch it. Play these games. They've not played for however many months. I'm a normal person and I'm probably been affected by not going outside as much. These guys are like trained professionals. Obviously, they may have huge houses and all the training equipment in the world, but that match fitness and that match sharpness is at such a high level where things like pre-season is necessary. Like, it's obviously that thing of our oh, players hate pre-season, but it's vital to them for, for their own so, health, for their own mm. safety as well. Mm. So how would that work? Like, could they just start playing games again instantly? They'll be dropping mm. like, not not a nice phrase, but dropping like flies. Like, I can just imagine all the injuries. Think about injury-prone players in itself, how they yeah. haven't been... Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. Like, there's just there's too many variables. There's too many factors for you to go down one specific road. Yeah. Like, as you said, Liverpool are almost guaranteed the title, but technically speaking, they haven't won it yet. The, no, to be honest, the one thing I can say, the one variable I can, I think, is controlled, is Liverpool winning the title. I think I don't yeah. want I don't want it to seem as if oh, we're just giving them the title because I think that's where the issue is. Like, we're not, we're not, we haven't decided, or I say we, people haven't decided, yeah, just, just give Liverpool, the Premier League hasn't decided, yeah, just give it to them because, because they're Liverpool. Like, they did, they didn't lose, they haven't, they lost one game. They one drew game one game. They beat every other team. They beat <laughs> the same team that they lost to at home with ease. Mm. And, Two games away against team against uh, it's just Everton and Man City. Yeah, I think it was. and the thing with the mathematical stuff like that, like they haven't technically won it. I still think that there's a like uh, I don't want to describe it because obviously numbers are numbers for a reason, and but 
there's more chance. I can't. I don't even. I can't even think of an example. But the chance of City catching up, clawing it back, is near enough impossible. Catching up and then winning it, and then going ab- above because then it'll get. It'll, it'll get to the stage where oh. Say just Liverpool lose all their games, they'll get to the stage where they're not just going to continue losing the games. Just things like that. Mm. I think it's a bit unfair to discredit. And then even City themselves, like they've pr- pretty much cemented their place in second. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's it's it's, it's a sticky one because I def they definitely deserve the title. Yeah, but um, I just I just can't get away from that thing that it's not mathematic. I mean, even if you did give it to them, like you're giving them a title via email, like them, they probably won't yeah. feel like they've like, <laughs> they won't feel like they've earned it or anything. It will just be there written. Technically, you've won the title, and you look back at it and it's like I don't think they. If I was a Liverpool fan, I mean, I can't really speak as a Liverpool fan because I don't know their pain. So maybe maybe some fans would clutch onto that, but it's like that for your first Premier League title isn't an actual Premier League title. I don't know, but yeah. even then, I don't know. Even then, cool. Let's say hypothetically they give Liverpool the title. Going mm. back to what you said, like we can't just tick off them, and that's one thing that's sorted out, and forget about the Champions so, League spots and Champions League. Literally, we I get it. When ninth, we were like six points off top four. We could still make a very valid argument that yeah. we could have got a Champions League. How are you gonna decide that if you? If you can't decide the Champions League, then you can't decide the title because the whole league needs to be decided. You can't just do one thing and do another. I don't know. What I would say is, on that point, is do you think... I'm not sure how this would make sense for them mid-table teams, but do you think they should do like separate playoffs? Playoffs. For like... I don't want to say I don't want to say MLS, but I guess a more American style. If they so can, like the relegation zone. If they can, like yeah. find a way to match up the fixtures so everything's evenly balanced and fair, then yeah, why not? Like, but again, this is therefore a good idea. If they can, if they if you're able to pull it off, then yeah, therefore because. You know, with all due respect, it's like it speeds things up with the mid-table sides just kind of not getting involved. We get the key yeah. stuff, the Europa League, the Champions League spots really sorted out and everything. Relegation. Yeah. Um, so, something like that would speed it up. But, I mean, me personally, I find a hard, I find like a, a hard way to make that happen. But, um, yeah, that's the thing about this whole uh, coronavirus situation it's all up in the air you know there's no right or wrong answer yeah. but um, those are our views make of it what you will yeah. if you agree hopefully if you disagree yeah. then yeah. is what it is that's nice hopefully it does clear up and I think it will clear up and decisions will become more obvious I mean bro I don't even know what's happening right now Yeah. Uh, because I just don't want any rash decisions. That's what I don't yeah, want. Yeah, because ultimately it's our safety that's at risk. But it's like, yeah. I saw something that, boom, this whole, like, well, obviously, for anyone listening, if you're not in the UK, then well, you probably might not be aware. But obviously, I saw stuff like lockdown could just last until the end of May. I'm thinking that's cool. Mm. Then I'm seeing something like, oh, this whole thing could last till 
October 2021. I'm seeing that, boom, if we get over this first wave of the coronavirus, there will be a second it's one. coming back. And that, that one will be like 10 times more peak. And I'm thinking, I just don't even know where everything is at the moment. I'm just... Yeah, so literally, much, like... Don't even get me started on that. Us, ourselves. Don't even get me started on that 5G shit. I, I, I can't be bothered to even yeah. look into that. Like, mm. Everything's just so <laughs> complicated and... Yeah. I just I just want 2010 to be over, you know, like that. Yeah, this year has been exactly. tragic. Absolutely right. Amazing. But, um, yeah, those are our views on the coronavirus situation, you know, the current pandemic, yeah. uh, current events. Kind of don't really know what there will be to discuss next week, but I will cross that bridge when I get to it. And then, um, so, yeah, we'll move on to the very last segment. It's an interesting one. I didn't get you to prepare for this one because... It's kind of meant to be uh, random, not random, but you're meant, on yeah, spot. on the spot, catch by surprise, see what you think. I didn't prepare for it, mm-hmm. so we're both in the same boat. Now, I got sent this Would You Rather by Medusa Nation. Shout out to yourself. Um, he said, Would you rather play alongside Ronaldo at international level and play alongside Messi at club level or vice versa? So, or Messi at international level or Ronaldo at club level. I mean, when I first saw this, I thought it's a no-brainer, really. Like, mm. you know, Messi's won everything at club level. Ronaldo's won, not everything, but most things at international level. So, um, no, no-brainer, really. But, you know, mm. I delve deeper into it and it's like, Alright, cool. Messi might not have had the greatest international career. I mean, his his international career is still good, but his period he's been one of one of the worst. Like I would even say it's one of the worst Argentina sides because going forward they're incredible. Like it's just I think they've been mismanaged, no balance, terribly, and um, they're just loads of underperforming. Because as you we can look to those strikers like Higuain, Icardi, Aguero, Martinez, yeah. Messi. That's just to name a few off the top of my head. Like they're all mm. ballers, but most of them have actually underperformed anyway. So, yeah. yeah, cool. You look at Messi on the international stage, you think, yeah, like it's not that good. Why would you want that career? But I, I might be willing to sacrifice my international career just to be alongside one of the greatest United sides, one of the great. Mm, he's been a, he's been alongside some very good Real Madrid sides. Don't know if they said one of the greatest in their history, but that's a debate to have another time. But a very solid Real Madrid side, Juventus. Like yeah. he's been around the block in Europe. You know, he's done his thing, um, broke records, and then you look at Messi on the club level. He's won everything, but it's like, mm, like he's been up. I mean, that's the thing. This is subjective to opinion. Me personally, for as a footballer, I personally like to venture around. I don't think I could stay at one club forever. So yeah, so wait, is it? Uh, is it? Would it be like? Would I be Portuguese yeah, yeah. and then play Portuguese for Barcelona? Portuguese player that's played for Barcelona for your whole career, okay. alongside Messi, or an Argentinian yeah, that's played alongside Ronaldo everywhere he's gone. That's a good question. That's a very good question. Definitely. Um, I was just listening to what you're saying. I think that thing that you're going to touch on at the end of being not staying at one club. Mm. I do agree with that. I think I would get 
again, I don't want this to take away anything because, I mean, when I say this, I'm not trying to spark no debates. I personally believe Messi's the GOAT. If you disagree, mm-hmm. that's cool. I'm not here to argue and debate with you because <laughs> that, that debate there, I've, I've long done that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're both elite mm-hmm. players and one of the best in history. No cap. 100%. But I personally believe Messi is the GOAT. So, when I say you stay yeah. at one club, don't mean that in a way to disrespect him, but you know, you would get a bit. Me personally, I get bored. Like, I, I like the challenge, I like something new. Yeah. Do you know what? One of my biggest regrets for Messi himself is the fact he didn't, he didn't move. Mm. I don't know. It's hard to imagine now, obviously, in hindsight, where he would go. Mm, I would see. Because I think he's a, he's a bit of a maybe contentious but he's a bit of a luxury player as well mm. where it's like he it's been Barcelona is what it is because of mm. him but now they kind of shoehorn him in the most respectful way yeah yeah now they're now they're just milking him for everything he's got I do agree that like I feel like obviously his early stages elite you know throughout the 2000s early 2010s when the links were coming with Man City in sixteen seventeen around that time, maybe you could have yeah. jumped ship, you know, you're in your late twenties, you've done everything you can in Spain, won the Champions League, yeah. the Liga, Copa del Rey, everything you yeah. want. Like, maybe that move to Man City could have done something, you know, the link up with Pep again. That would have been the perfect time. I feel like now obviously there are still many sides which will still take Messi. But um, again, it comes back to that shoehorn you think is. I mean, no, I don't know to be honest because he's still 31, 32 around that time, age. So mm. you still get a lot from him. But around a couple of years ago, but, may have been the perfect time. With the question, this obviously you don't obviously know. Are we going based off like, like how how good of a player am I? Like, could we change the course of time type of thing, or do we just live? We We've lived the careers that they had. Um, my interpretation of that question was your. He didn't say anything about the level, so I assume that you're a decent enough player to be starring every single game alongside this player, mm. and you're mm. just with him in his career. So I don't know okay. if Ronaldo is a striker and uh, striker slash winger. You're the camp. Yeah. You're the camp that's okay, followed yeah. him from United to Madrid to Juventus. I don't, yeah, I don't want to complicate it too much, but mm. yeah, it's what you were saying. Like, is it going going from the Premier League to Spain to Italy? It's, like, being it's, like, it's kind of just what you still recognise as the best. What you vote more international club? Because some would take staying at being a one club man if it means you've won the Nations League, the Euros, top scorer for your country, um, mm. one of the actually no, I can't include the top scorer. That's Ronaldo. Just you've won the Euros, mm. won Nations League, done stuff for your country, which you know maybe people can be a little the Nations League, but it's something you've got there on your record. Yeah. Or I think I still think Messi does look at Barcelona as his boyhood. Obviously, it's not that he's not Spanish and all that rubbish, but I think that career of I think he feels like he owes Barcelona for what they. Yeah. What they did for him. Definitely. Oh, it's tough. It's, it's very hard. Because that's what I think. Like, when I first saw that, I thought, 
I might not use this question actually, but no brainer. Yeah, it looks easy on on paper, but when you think about it, yeah, it's pretty very hard. So shout out to uh, shout out to Regista Nation one one more time because hundred percent, hundred percent. That was a deceptively hard question. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with an answer. Okay, let's. let's I'm gonna it. say. I'm gonna say. No variables, just straight. I would go with Ronaldo's club career and Messi's international career. Yeah, I feel That's like I feel like I'm. I'm gonna agree with you. On that one. I feel mm. if Ronaldo won a World Cup then I would go for him because imagine winning the World Cup and the Euros in the nuts. So, yeah. but I feel that for me personally, the fact that the World Cup, Portugal didn't win the World Cup is the de facto deciding factor in this debate. So I feel like I would mm. go for Ronaldo club level and Messi international level. You know, we just have to hope we're good enough to win to win Messi. At least a, at least a young Copa America. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that question was actually hard. For me. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was the very first episode. Most certainly not the last of the Footballers Podcast. But yes. also first, David. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much. Been a, Thank you very much. Been a solid guest. Yes, good chat. Definitely, definitely. Um, and yes, be sure to um, check out his stuff in the description one more time. One of the best. You're missing out. I said it once, I'll say it again. Um, be sure to leave. Do they do? Uh, I'm so new to this whole podcast being like, do they do like <laughs> likes on Spotify and stuff? Subscriptions? Um, for Spotify, definitely follow okay. the Footballist Podcast. Yeah, you yeah. Help it with ratings. If you watch on anything else, if there's like buttons, if there's ratings, yeah, that to help just it out. do that. I, it's greatly appreciated. Share it with your friends as well. Definitely. And give them something to listen to. During this whole quarantine period where we're all stuck indoors and you just need side, just need a little footy chat, footy chat to listen yeah. to in the background or just slap on the footballist podcast. You can't go wrong. Exactly. 100. Okay. Well. Thank you for being the very first guest. As I said, it's a great guest. And um, I'll catch you guys in the next episode of the Footballers Podcast. It's been your boy Jay, Big David, and we're out. Peace. I love Chris Rich.